Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. We have a very amazing guest for you, as always, Todd Whitman. Todd Whitman is one amazing human being. You hear us say that a lot on Best Hour of Their Day, but that's because we only have amazing human beings on the show. Fern's going to dive into this interview and gives Todd a fantastic introduction, really everything you need to know about him. So I'm going to let him do that. But I want to give you one quote from Todd that I find exceptional and I find really sums up the type of person he is, and that is leadership has to be selfless and it has to be genuine. And hearing that and knowing Todd, it's so authentic and that's who he he is to the core. And if you listen to this episode, you will quickly become a fan of his. And I highly recommend searching him, looking him up because there's some fantastic videos of him coaching and doing some incredible things online. Real quick before we dive in, if you wanted to be a part of our mentor program, the beta group sold out. We're going to open up a few more spots, but hit us up on social media at best hour of their day. And you can also email us best hour of their day at gmail.com if you're interested in joining. The goal for us is to give back to the community and impact as many coaches and human beings as we can. So we definitely want to open that up. Check us out on Instagram at best hour of their day. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com and we'll get back to you promptly. Fern and I are at the games this week, so give us a couple days if you don't hear from us, but we'll be here for you and we're really excited for this program. So far, it's already been amazing. Maybe you saw the picture I posted on my Instagram, the Jason Ackerman with all the people on the phone call on the conference call. So crazy, so impactful. We are so proud of what we've created and we'd love for you to be a part. So hit us up. But in the meantime, here's our interview with Todd Woodman. All right, guys, welcome back to the best hour of their day. Jason Fernandez here with the infamous Todd Woodman. Um, Sometimes referred to as the scariest man on seminar staff. (laughs) I got a story later that I'll tell you that like, I I felt like I was back in the military, like uh, very briefly a couple years ago at the games when you caught me off guard and I, uh, I didn't know what to do, but uh, I'm gonna give you a brief intro, uh, Todd, and then we'll kick this off. But um, a Marine, I was going to say former Marine, but I know how that is. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Um, Been a CrossFit Flowmaster for years, games judge, both teams, teens, and all the way back to the ranch, correct me not. You've been judging that long? Yep. yep. Yeah, so for a long time. Uh, pivotal pivotal member of the CrossFit Kids staff and development of that course. Um, runs an affiliate in his garage. Sits on numerous boards within the CrossFit, uh, within the CrossFit entity, just kind of governing what goes on within seminar staff. Um, I found out that your spirit animal is a wolf as well. Totally, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for those of you that you know want to hear from somebody who has had a front row seat of just the evolution of the company, the evolution of the CrossFit Games, uh, and evolution of you know trainer development, <laughs> I don't know that there's anybody better to talk to. And I think you probably got the highest compliment I've heard in a long time from anybody was that Chuck Carswell basically said that you're kind of a mentor to him and are pivotal in his development. And I was just like. Well, that's a big shoes, my friend. <clears throat> I don't rate that. That's for sure. But I, I sure appreciate you passing that along. Wow. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's because I as soon as uh, as soon as we confirmed this, I I hit Chuck up. I was like, hey man, I need some 
I mean, so maybe some things that people don't know about Todd that we could talk about. Was, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good stuff. Uh, but I don't actually think I know when. Like, how did you? Where was? What was your entry into CrossFit? Yeah, totally. Uh, first, Jason, thanks for having me, brother. It's yeah. it's a privilege for sure. Absolutely. And always good to see you, man. I don't get to see you. This is selfish like, for me, man. This is selfish for me. <laughs> dude, I, I get to see you, I feel like, twice a year, once at the summit and once at the uh, at the game. So stoked about this. Thank you. Um, I was still in the Marine Corps, and it was uh, a dude, uh, well, gosh, late 05. And a dude okay. said, hey, Todd, you like to work out? Check this out. And he was on the computer, obviously. And at that time, I was certainly even a bigger meathead. And... I thought it was so silly to be looking on the computer for a workout. It was like, it was this laugh, like laugh. I was like, what are you doing, man? Luckily. And I don't know why. Luckily I was, I was willing to give it a go. Just like, okay, let's, let's try this out. And it was Elizabeth and long story short, it legitimately took me like 55 minutes and it really got my attention. And that's what I needed at that time. For sure. I needed a good kick in the teeth to like, Hmm. And then like, even back then you look at the times and people were doing sub 10, even back then. And I was like, wow, wow. Okay. So I've got a long ways to go. And I kind of dabbled with it for a week doing my old stuff and CrossFit. And then after about a week was when I was like, okay, this old stuff is a joke. I'm going head on into CrossFit. And then, uh, yeah, that, that's how I got into it. And then weirdly where I was stationed, um, at Quantico, the martial arts sector of the Marine Corps, the, the base is there at Quantico, and they got a couple slots to go to a CrossFit Level 1 in San Diego in 06. And my best friend in the world, uh, he's a, a national champion collegiate wrestler, super good fighter. They said, hey, we want you to go. And he said, no, uh, I'm busy, got stuff going on, but my good buddy Todd would like to go. And so that long, you know, kind of just wound around to me and I had no idea what a level one even meant. Like I thought, seriously, I'm so ignorant that I thought, is this a, like a course to better read the computer? Like, I don't like, what is, <laughs> you know, you see, the website was just the website and there was no, there were no gyms, right? Not, so, not in 2004. I mean, there might've been a hit five. Yeah. There's like five and they certainly weren't in Quantico. And I, I think uh, Andy had started maybe one in Quantico, but there were, there was, and, uh, they're just, they're, I didn't know about a gym. To me, it was just a thing that lived in the, in the computer. So then uh, I got put on that schedule and late summer of 06, I went to a level one. And who, uh, who was your instructors? Wow. It was too many to tell. It's one of those, I'd look back on the, at the, uh, the, the picture and there's like 15 instructors. One of those, like when people just show up and they put yep. the same food on them. But uh, of course, that's, I met Nicole there. I met, you know, Coach and Nicole were doing all the lectures and demo and, and Dave, I think, was there briefly. And there was a whole bunch of SEALs, a whole group of SEALs there that were running it and a whole bunch of civilians that were in shirts and just had a blast. And it was it was a truly transforming moment for me. It was like everything I'd done up to that point exercise wise, because just like you, you know, I've been working on my whole life thinking that you're pretty good at it and everything I thought I knew was wrong. Everything. And it, yeah. I just hit reset. And uh, that, that's kind of how I started with, with HQ was just going there. And then I got noticed as like the Marine guy and then got asked to come help out at the next seminar. At the very next one? Uh, 
I'd be lying if I told you it was the very next one. Uh, but I mean, pretty was, close after that. Yeah, pretty close after that. I got it. It was pretty funny. I'm such a geek. I received an email from uh, Annie. Okay. And I was like, dude, that's that's like the that's, Annie. That's the that like that's Annie, man. Like that. <laughs> that's crazy. And I didn't know what to do with it. It's like, oh. Is this real? Is this like, is this spam? Or like, is it, did she really just email me? And she's like, hey, Todd, I was wondering if you want to come up to Boston and help us out. I'm like, Are you, what? Uh, I'll do anything for you. I don't care. And yeah, that's how it started. I uh, I feel, I felt that way like a week ago. I just got an email but from Greg, which I never get emails. Like, I don't oh, wow. from from the boss man. And uh, I like read it like six times. And I was like, <laughs> is, is this a real email or... Uh, but yeah, I know exactly how you feel. What's funny about you bringing up that story is, you know, CrossFit is very much mainstream these days. And I, and there's so many people that don't know what CrossFit was back in the day. Totally. Like it was not the, the machine that it is today. The level one is just, I mean, greased and polished and, and, but I mean, I just don't think people realize like how much the company has evolved over time they just see this big crossfit thing and people show up to the level one and they're like this is amazing and i'm like totally it's come and i've only been on staff for six years and i look at just the evolution of that six years yep. i mean i can't even imagine because i didn't start until 2008 yep. and and then get, didn't get on staff until 2013 so i mean what, what are some of the big things that stick out to you on the training side on the training side yeah, that's that's a really good question. So training like us as the coaches, trainers. Yeah, yeah. The 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 first one, and I didn't really think about it until you just brought that up, which is pretty cool. The first thing that sticks in my mind or sticks out in my mind is there there was no binder, there was no instructor manual. It was Friday night. You find like somehow everybody made it to like somewhere, some city. <laughs> Because there's no travel plan, there's no like, there's no, you know, you, it was just like, hey man, uh, do you know Boz's number? You know what I mean? Like it was like, we better figure out where we're meeting tomorrow. <clears throat> and you'd show up Friday, and it was like, hey Todd, I remember Coach Coach Glassman said, hey Todd, I want you to teach squats tomorrow. I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> uh, what what now? We were in, we were down in Arizona, and I was like, um. Didn't sleep, didn't sleep all night, <laughs> didn't sleep. And, you know, you say like, well, look at the notes, what notes? The, the coach had the notes because it's coach's thing. Like he's doing his thing. And then, like, does somebody here have notes I could look at? Yeah, just again. So it's like, hey, can you text me what the, the three movements are? Yeah, it's a squat, front squat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, would you probably teach something about them? Like, I have no idea. So like, the, it's hysterical to me that, you know, everybody has this beautiful like instructor manual that if you just read the manual, it's a home run. Like, cause that's the juice that's been whittled down by Nicole and Dave and, and innumerable other smart people over the last decade and a half to really make it a, just a, a really tight package uh, where, you know, for the first four years or so of the, the old crew, it was just a, a sticky note, like, hey, man, teach this. Like, okay. I've heard numerous stories about that where <laughs> just on the, on the fly, somebody <laughs> would get given, like, the deadlift lecture, and they would just get up there and just 
talk about the deadlifts. Like there weren't totally. performance. There was no set faults. They wouldn't talk about, I mean, and I, and I look at it now and it's funny because now, you know, that is such a well-oiled machine and it's so well orchestrated and the delivery is so pristine that most people that show up to the level one think that those trainers there work together every single weekend and they practice totally. where the reality is I will, in many cases, be working with somebody I haven't seen in six months or somebody that I've literally never worked with before. Yep. It's just plug and play. It's like take the best trainers we can find. We put them in there. We polish them up and make sure that they know how to present the material and nobody's the wiser. Yep. I think that's just a testament to what a good job, you know, Nicole and Dave have done to, to provide that package for us is just, you know, it's shocking. It's the, the backbreaking work just to, you know, change one word. And it's just, it's just crazy that they've come up with this package. that's that good. It, it's phenomenal. And I think, and I think what people underestimate is the, the, I've described the kind of the standard within the company is from a training standpoint okay. as, as just almost insurmountable where it, where it's, where it's to the point where like, you're expected to be the best you could possibly be. And nobody's competing, but it would be akin to being in a culture where everybody there would work for free if they had to, and they would do it gladly. And I would, I would even add to that, Jason, because I'm glad you bring that up. I, I would add to that. Not only would they work for free, but I, I've often said like of our 200 people, like this, the 200 dudes and dudettes of the training crew, to me, they're the most incredible 200 people on the planet. And I'm talking like any organization, I firmly believe that we could take this 200 and we could go take over any company, you know, making badminton rackets and we would figure out how to do it better, faster, more efficiently with better material and with a smile on the face. And we have a training program on how to do it and then have a video for how to make it better just because of the group of people they are. And oh my word, when I, when I left the Marine Corps, Jason, I thought like the hardest thing for me to leave by far was the people because, Oh yeah. Holy, yeah. You know, this in the military, like you're around this group of dudes that literally take bullets for other dudes like that type of caliber human being and i was terrified but then it came to crossfit and this 200 it's like the who's who it's like the seal team six of the world yeah i would agree it's 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 super intimidating entering that group when you come oh, in boy. is i mean it is even being around jason even being around i'm like you're, you're wearing the shirt and you're like, dude, I don't rate this. I shouldn't be standing here. Like, I'm like, wrong I tell people the summit is the most terrifying experience ever. You know, you, 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 have to, you have to train in front of your peers. And I've told people, I'm like, listen, I'm like, there's the Todd Whitman's, there's the Nadia Shatila's, there's the Chuck Carswell's. And then somebody throws you in there like, hey, we need you to teach. You, need, you have to, seven minutes for, to teach this group the squats. And it's just like, all right, let me go shit my pants first. Yeah, then just, just real quick, gotta wipe just real quick. <laughs> yeah, Dude. I don't think people understand, but I think it's a testament to the culture of feedback within the company, right? Because oh, that cool. that is that's I, that is what I notice the most, and I think that is why it's it's a it's its own filter. That that feedback process is its own filter because if you can't take that, you can't be on the team. 
It's something that I, I, I haven't seen anywhere else other than I had the privilege of uh, hanging around some SAS guys, which are just total dudes. Yep. And it was a huge privilege. One of the SAS guys uh, knew, you know, military background and friend of a friend type thing. So he, he gave me the insider, come on back here and all allowed to see it. And they operate, in my opinion, a lot the same in their debrief. And they call it, it stays at the table. And yep. they go in there and they just, they round table, don't, doesn't matter rank, doesn't matter time and service. And they say, here's what you did right. Here's what you did wrong. Here's what's fucked up. Here's what we need to do to fix it. And they say it stays at the table, meaning like there, there's no emotion about it. It just, you, this is how we hash it out. So when we leave this door, we're better at it and then we can move on. And I was like, you know what? That is a, a, a tighter explanation of what happens on a weekly basis for, for the training staff than I've ever heard. And I, and I love that description of it because it just it stays at the table. There's no emotion about it. We're not chopping someone down because we want to feel better. It's just, this is what I saw that could have been better. This is what I saw that was incredible. And let's move on. And it's like, and I, I really special. dig that. I really dig that a lot. I might try to steal that. Yeah. I stole it immediately. That's, immediately. A, that's phenomenal. <clears throat> so yeah. what was your, I always like to get people's like, what's their story when they came in on staff, you know, like what was your first kind of like punch in the mouth from a coaching standpoint? <laughs> well, what an interesting question. There's so many. <clears throat> I had several, what comes to mind first from a coaching standpoint was legitimately running in, on a weekly basis, running into people that had had super cool questions that I was so woefully ignorant about their specialty that I didn't even know how to answer the question. Yeah. You know, like Olympic lifting specialists, the people that taught on a national level. And here I am, like, I knew that the med ball claim, you know what I mean? Like, I did, I'm still learning. I was like, oh, seven, oh, eight. And I'm still learning how to do this stuff myself. And I'm, you know, going to burgers things and my mind's just blowing up, but I don't know anything about this stuff. I've taught it for a couple of years, maybe yep. there's dudes that professionally taught it for 10 years. And they asked me like, Oh yeah. So do you, do you think that, you know, having a neutral wrist or a flex wrist at the top of receiving position for the, the snatch is a program like, uh, maybe, 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 I don't know. Like I, so when you start asking so, yourself, do I know the difference between neutral and flex? Totally, totally. Like I'm just, it's so far. And then like, I think this is the right answer. So I get the right answer and you can tell the look on the face like, eh, maybe. And then you know, I look back at those moments like, dude, the power of, of even when you're in charge or even when you're instructed something, the power of being honest is so hard to do, but it's also so important. The power of looking at a human being and saying, that's a great question. I have no idea, buddy. Like. That's a great question. What do you teach? Oh, right on. Like, I'm going to look into it because I, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's how awesome that is. Yeah, I think that's – uh, I, I would agree with you. That was one of the – I forget. Somebody told me that, and and it might have been Joe Mo. It might have been Joe Alexander. He just – he was straight up. He's like, listen, don't bullshit. Yeah. He's like, the answer is I don't know if you don't know because everybody is quickly going to figure out that you don't know if you try to circle around that answer. So just say, I don't know. I'll find out. You know, so no, that's really cool. Um, how, so when did you start getting involved in the kids side of things? Ironically, so that week that I told you that I went to the thing in San Diego. Yep. 
uh, the level one that is not a thing, the level one in San Diego, the week prior, so it was one weekend, week, and then the weekend for the, the San Diego seminar. Okay. The weekend prior to the level one that I attended, Coach did, and I don't know if he did any other ones than this one. I don't know. He did what I can only describe as like a smorgasbord of everybody at that time that he could get his hands on, a who's who of every environment. And he put them up in a giant warehouse in university. I'm sorry, at a, at what was uh, across San Diego at the time. Okay. And they made little booths, so you could just choose your own adventure, go in there, and go to any booth that you wanted. And there was the the best instructors in the area, if not in the world. So, for example, like there was a striking booth, and John Hackleman was teaching. You know, yep. The Iceman's striking coach, and this is when the Iceman was. Yeah, one in the world. So I was like, are you kidding me? Go there and he, you know, talked to you about punching a bag. And then you go over, oh, and that's where I met Bergner. So anyway, going all through that stuff, I forgot what the question was. I'm so well, how did you get involved with kids? Oh, yeah. Thanks for that. So yep. I'm going around these different booths and I ran across uh, the CrossFit Kids booth. And my buddy had asked, the one that actually got me to the level one, my buddy had asked, hey, dude, because he has four boys, four awesome boys who are Half of them are growing up out of college or out of high school now. But at the time, they were all young. He's like, hey, man, you and I are doing this CrossFit stuff, but I, I want to know how to do this for kids. Will you stop by the CrossFit Kid booth? I said, yeah, no problem. Uh, I didn't have any kids at the time. And so I stopped by the booth and watched the Martins do their magic with the kiddos and watched them play and have fun and do a workout and seeing, you know, four-year-olds, five-year-olds do beautiful squats. It's like, oh, this is totally something. So that's when I met the Martins. That's when I saw CrossFit kids, took their pamphlet, took it back home, showed my buddy. And then I had it kind of earmarked in my brain that I need to go to the, the kids course. I need to do that. And so I went to the kids course in 08. Okay. With good buddy, Stefan Roche. Yep. We went there and it was, it was, one of those things, and I did zero egos, zero, as I was watching, because by then it, we'd had like a year and a half of going on two years of level one stuff. So I kind of had like a, a jive of how programs go and how the weekend seminars go. Mm-hmm. Watching it, I could see the potential of this being amazing. Yeah. Like they had the right, they had the juice, and I could just see like, I think there's some things we can do to like, just squeeze it a different way yep. and make it more like a level one package. Um, so that was 08, but I still, I, I, I thoroughly loved it. It's a great yep. course, had fun. Um, so I was 08 and then late 09, um, we were at a Flowmasters uh, thing and Dave and Nicole pulled me aside uh, at dinner and they said, Hey, um, we're thinking about making you the kids program manager. What do you think about that? And I about fell over. Like I literally about fell over. Um, at that time I had our one son and I was so blown away that they would even ask me to do that. Um, and I immediately said yes, cause that's amazing. And I knew I had a lot of work to do, but that's, that's the progression of how I came across kids. And, um, that's very cool. I, uh, I always tell people, I'm like, there's three courses. I mean, there's a lot of stuff and well, there's less now, but there's, there's three <laughs> courses that I think people should take and it's level one, the level two and the kids course, like those three, um, those three for me, and I only took the kids course maybe three years ago. Oh, cool. Uh, but I mean, there's just so much to be learned 
practically with like dealing with kids and how that is an entirely different ball of wax. But I tell people, even if you never intend on teaching kids, 99.9% of that course will make you far more effective coaching adults. I agree. There's just something to be said for like how they teach that course and and understanding that. I think one of the big things that I took away from that is obviously kids have a very short attention span. So you really have to get to the point. And that's one of the big things that I found was so effective was adults are no different. Yep. You know, they're coming in there and like, they really just want to kind of play or they're shooting the shit or whatever, or they had a long day and they want to talk about it. So if you're going to be long winded and boring and all that stuff, it's like, man, you got to get to it. Like you're talking way too much. They need to do talk and move people just like you would kids, you know? So that was one of the big things that I took away was just like getting people going, getting them moving, being very big as far as personality. And I think most people would be served very, very well by going to that course. I think it's a fantastic course. So that's a testament to you and what you've done. I appreciate saying that, Jason. It's uh, I, I, the staff for the kids course is just incredible. They're just, they're phenomenal people. And I gotta tell you, I, I learn and relearn exactly what you said over and over. Cause I think it's a lesson, at least for me that I have to keep kind of overhearing. Cause I, I have that tendency very quickly to turn into the lecturing side with adults and even with teens. Like, let me tell you why this is so cool. Let me tell you what this is going to do. And then I sit back and I look like when I work out, uh, I don't talk at all. I roll out a little bit. I get my weights and then I do the workout. It's like, huh, weirdly, people just want to work out. Like they don't really care about anything other than let's work out. Yeah, I didn't talk myself back like, oh, shit. (laughs) Anyway, guys, grab your bar. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I when we started our kids program, and we have a girl, Nicole, who runs our program, and she does a phenomenal job. But when we started it, I was coaching the kids classes a little bit. And and mind you, I'm probably five years into seminar, you know, over 100 seminars and and (laughs) Well over five thousand classes coaching us in a in a affiliate setting. So and not your first I, day. <laughs> and I was petrified. I was like, I was like, there's gonna be these seven and eight year olds. I was like, how am I gonna keep them entertained? <laughs> we have to cover so much stuff. They're not gonna listen to me. They're not gonna have fun. And uh, like it is, it it is challenging to coach kids and particularly coach them how to move well or trying to or kind of trick them to move well. Um, <laughs> but. Um, what, what are, since you're kind of the, the man, like, what do you want people? What is like, you know, Todd's, what would Todd Whitman want people to take away from that course? I think probably three things. First is positivity works for everybody. And so not only like tell them what you want to do, not what you don't want them to do, that type of stuff, but also, you know, kind of cueing into people want to work out. So give them the juice, tell them what you want. And and it's okay to make people feel good. Like it's, it's totally okay. Like you don't have to beat them to the ground. It's totally okay to nice job on that burpee. Maybe that's the only thing they did right that day. Nice job on the burpee, bro. So I say positivity wins the day kids, teens, and adults. Um, The second thing is the difference between age groups. The 
to break it down like elementary school and, or I'd say let's seventh grade and younger. Okay. For that group, fun is all that matters. And so I, I would recommend sacrificing everything in, in the name of fun. Okay. And then certainly once they get the jive, then you can start playing with other things. But I, I would recommend it's just not worth a child, in my opinion, feeling that they let you down because their knee knees came in on a squat. Yeah. Like, dude, at least they're kind of doing something that looks like a squat when you say squat. Are you kidding me? Like, exactly. No, no other kids are working out. Like they're the only ones doing it. So to make them feel anything other than like superheroes when they're showing up to class is insane. So mm-hmm. number one is positivity. Number two is the age group difference that the young ones are fun. Yeah. Fun, fun, and sacrifice everything for fun. Okay. And then the older <laughs> ones, certainly younger ones as well, but I, I think of it more as the older. So the seventh graders and older don't underestimate how much of a leader you are and not just in like the, our ruse is, you know, burpees and squats and deadlifts and all that. That's our ruse. That's our vernacular. Yeah. What we're actually doing is making better people. So be okay with having a quick talk about character or be okay with having that <clears throat> stuff that you would think is usually boy scouts or, or cheerleading or, you know, whatever, whatever sport activity that, that, that deals with character that was around when we were kids and, and understand that not only is, is that not necessarily around anymore for kiddos, but they might not be in it. So this is your opportunity to actually, for lack of a better word, be a positive role model and maybe even a parent figure for a, for a child. It's super interesting that you say that because the number of parents that have come into, and we don't have a big program, but the number of parents that have come into our program and their kids have been there And then the feedback that we've gotten from them is, you know, this is the only place that little Johnny has a good time, you know, not in school, not in their sport. And for me, that's like such a sad thing, but it is one of the things that we prioritize is like, Hey, this should be fun. It's positive. Like we're not going to bad mouth each other. You're not going to pick on each other. Like everybody's going to be honest, you know, we're going to do all these things. And then you know, it's up to the coach to enforce all of that, you know, so you do have to have a strong personality that runs that group. Yep. But I, I think you're, I would agree with you. I think a lot of those things are missing in schools. Yep. You know, nobody does PE anymore. Sports are different and can be out of hand depending on where you live and what you do, uh, where, where everything is about winning, you know, so. A lot on of the flip side, everybody's a winner. Like that's, that's an even yes. bigger problem in our area that, you know, even in Montana, I mean, we're in rural Montana and there's such a the propensity for, oh, well, they participated in the, at the tournament, so they get a ribbon. Like, they lost every match. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I never understood that because kids know they lost. They, there's always yeah. it's, and it becomes worthless. Like, if you, the medals and the ribbons actually mean something to kiddos. Yeah. But then when they realize, like, everybody gets it, they're like, well, then it means Yeah, nothing. then it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. The whole thing's gone. It's worthless. That's actually a good segue because I wanted to chat a little bit about how many years were you overseeing the teens division at the games uh, i think you've it was done, the first two, you've done the first two. Teens. okay got it I think it was the first two and then handed off to kelly brown and then she did it and then handed off all the way to jason mcdonald and he's he does it now okay um if if memory serves me and, and eric o'connor as well yep 
Yep. One of the things that I, and cause I don't, and I wanted to bring this up because I don't think people know this about the, the youth divisions. Yep. And I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it, it's still enforced, but you know, everybody thinks that CrossFit is dangerous and nobody cares. Sure, sure, sure. But in those younger age groups, cause I don't think anybody talks about it. And I don't think I knew it until you brought it up at the games, which is there is kind of, there's like a technique judge there. Totally. Yeah, and that that was my sole job. I, I was very fortunate that Dave kind of let let me play with that. Um, my biggest concern when when Dave brought up, "Hey, we're going to have a teenage division in in the games," and I was like, "No, no, no, don't do that. No, 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 no." He's like, "Yep, sweet, we're doing it, Todd." So that's what's happening, <laughs> Roger. And of course, Last I'm terrified. Big like, Dave. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> yep, we're doing it. Um, I I asked like, "Hey, man, is it?" okay if i insert myself as like a technique judge and and it's directly related to my my biggest fear was to have a teenager have a have an injury on on the field of play in front of the world and let's just make this the worst possible so worst possible would be a teenager injury and a, and a wardrobe malfunction oh yeah that's right i forgot about that have those three things all at once to me i was just you know, in the stadium, people watching cameras, like, oh my word. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how can we do this? The, the simple answer to me was there, there's a, a secondary tier of judging and it's done by one person. And that job of, of the technique judge, for lack of a better term, is just one person is if a teenager is under load, because if it's light load, it's not, it's certainly not good, but it's not yep. the worst dangerous thing. But if, if it's a, you know, heavy, clean, heavy snatch, heavy back squat, if it's something that has a significant load um, and the teenager is not doing it right, correctly, mechanically, the, the technique judge will run out to them on the field and try and correct them, just like you would in the gym, like try yep. and correct them. And if that doesn't work, the second phase is they're going to stop them and this is what you're doing wrong. Make sure you look in the eye. This is how it's going on. I need you to fix it. And if they still can't fix it, then they're done with that workout. And, you know, everybody that understands CrossFit, which obviously the teenagers are well aware, like as soon as you stop them and or have a conversation with them, like their friends are now around ahead of you. So all of a sudden what it did is it put as premier, well, then if we do it right, you're going to shut up. Uh-huh. So then it just it, it sent a tidal wave across the entire teenage division. So you're not going to say anything if I do it right. You bet. And so they put technique as premier. And by the second year, my job was non non-existent. To where now, I don't think the last year, I'd, I'd have to verify it with Eric and Jason. I don't think last year they stopped anybody. Because it's just like, hey, it's got to be done right. That's impressive. Yeah. And a testament to their these athletes, Jason, holy mackerel. I mean, there's a whole nother level of, of fitness at that, at that, Dude, that has never been seen before. It's, it's, <clears throat> and I didn't, I'm so ignorant. I didn't even think about it, Jason until coach said two years ago, he said, we have teenage girls doing things that no male athlete could do 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's just a, a typical Greg Glass and amazing quote. But then I thought about it. It's like, holy cow, he's right. Like legitimately, no dude could do these workouts. That fifteen-year-old girls are whooping it on. It's crazy. That's crazy. That's so. Crazy. That's such a. That's. I mean, it's a testament to the program. I mean, Agreed. 
it works. But it's interesting that that peer pressure, all, basically all you did was put peer pressure on people. Totally. And, and they got in line. That's, that's mm-hmm. uh, a super interesting. But I did want to bring that up because I don't think people, I thought, I've always thought that was a very interesting little wrinkle in that division that virtually nobody knows about. Because yeah, it's, not, it's not public knowledge. You know, they don't advertise that. Yeah. I, I, I'm, again, I'm just more, I'm just so impressed by the teenage athletes. The, the, both years that I, that I was directly involved with it before we got pulled out and only Chuck and I doing the teams, I was so impressed at the quality of human being and the character that they had as 15, 16, 17-year-olds that, you know, they were rock stars out there. Yeah. And they didn't act like it. They were acting like just like a normal person that's, hey, happy to be here, happy to work out. Like, your parents are doing something right, buddy. Like, yeah. You guys are that's, exceptional. That's amazing. What, um, do you have a favorite moment from the games at all as a judge? Or oh, not, wow. not as a judge, just in general. Forget the judging portion of it. Uh, yeah, well, my mind went to the judging side, so I'll just answer from that. Okay. There was a couple times in the in the the tennis stadiums, what it called was called, I guess, in the Home Depot Center. Yep. Um, and then it was changed to StubHub. I forget what. Uh you know, I don't. I always get those wrong too. I think it was StubHub. Was it Home Depot first, and then went StubHub, or was it the other way around? I think it was the other way around. I think okay. it was. Um, yeah, I think it was StubHub first, and then went Home Depot. But got it. So it must have been. <clears throat> Gosh, I think it was when it was then Home Depot. Okay. Uh, there was a couple moments in, in a couple of consecutive years that the, the crowd was going nuts and the athletes are doing crazy things, as always. So just, but then an athlete would do something above board and the crowd would reach this level that brought tears to my eyes. Like it, it would, like it was like a, a roar and then it turned into just this emotional, like, like I felt like anybody could have done anything. And I, it was the first time I ever understood, because I certainly no collegiate slash professional athlete. The yeah. first time I understood like a crowd can, can, can make people rise and I was able to feel it down there. And it was such a beautiful thing because one time they were encouraging after those having trouble and they almost got like a snatch or something and, and yeah. the crowd went nuts. And then another time was when like Rich was, was breaking out ahead and he's doing his rope climb things. And it was just like, it was so powerful that I, I was broken down to tears. So that's the most memorable for me. The second one would be when the announcement for Gosh, Amanda. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember how they did that. 2010? Like, that sounds right. It might have been the first year we were. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was the first year in at Carson. Yep. So we're at Carson, and you remember it, but I remember I had Lindsay uh, as an athlete, and they put up on the, the screen Amanda, who I I remembered seeing her and judging her at at Aromas, I had no idea that she had passed. I, I just, I didn't know. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching a beautiful, you know, video on this amazing athlete who I remember clearly because she was one that she, she stuck out, obviously red hair, flaming red yep. hair, cats everywhere. Like she's not going to blend. Yep. I remembered her clearly. And then it's like, she passed. That's insane. 
And then Dave announcing like, yep. And so our first workout is going to be this. And I was so fired up. Like I almost wanted to grab that bar and try that workout for Lindsay. Like it was, I was so fired up, man. Oh, I was, uh, so that happened to me. The, I remember the first time where I was, I, like I almost lost focus was the first time they did the clean ladder at the, at the tennis stadium. Oh wow. Because that was crazy. Like that, I think that was the first event in the games where they had had that element of like moving really quickly and heavy ass barbells. And it, it was like the best of both worlds. And it was, and the heats were so quick and they were cycling through the heat so quickly. And the, and the crowd was just losing their minds every time they those athletes would like make it to that last bar. And it was just yeah. like those guys, I think Josh Bridges was one. And I think Cody Anderson was another one, like two guys that shouldn't be moving those types of weights were over 300 and people are just going bonkers. Uh, and then the other one was actually last year. Cause I judged Josh Bridges when he, on the very last event, when he did the yoke carry. Oh, and he was a hot mess for like, like physically he was a hot mess. Physically. And he got to that last yoke carry. And I, and I thought to, because he crushed everything to the yokes. I mean, he went through the thrusters and the pegboard, like it was a joke yep. and it got to that last yoke. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, he's not going to make it. Like, there's no way he's getting that yoke over here. Like it's just not happening. Yep. And the crowd made, had him cover that last 50 feet or whatever it was. I mean, without that crowd, he does not get that yoke over there. But I mean, it was like, I was trying to, I wanted to cheer for the guy. Yep. I was like, dude, what I'm witnessing here is, is pretty epic stuff. Like this is super like superhuman type things that we're seeing. Superhuman. That's the best so way to say I agree it. with you that like, those are the things that like, I remember those. Cause I'm, you know, like the hair starts to stand up on your yes. arms yes. and that stuff. So that's really cool. Um, I, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this year. Uh, I'll see you there. So I'm looking forward to that, but perfect. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a little bit about coaching development. So obviously you have a lot of that going on you know like that's kind of your job uh with seminar staff but you're coaching out of your out of your garage right yeah i coach uh kids and teens out of zootown crossfit which is a local affiliate from a uh, owned by a dear friend okay and it's just a blast um kids preteens and teens actually and then i i I coach and work out with people at my home affiliate um we don't charge anything so it's not a yeah and the only reason i'm not a, a legit affiliate because I spent a year trying to find a name. <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's no words left. <laughs> there's no words left, man. I understand now there's affiliates out there like, yeah, I'm one, two, three, four, five, six. I get it. <laughs> I get it because there's no name. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to find a name for the people. Yeah. That's why it's not a, on the. Um, on the you, do you do any coach development for anybody uh, like locally? Uh, not, not. At, at present right now. Yeah. But um, we definitely have a lot of plans going forward for that Zootown CrossFit. That's super cool. All right, Every now and then people do come. I've had a couple of folks come and uh, kind of follow me through on, on internship type stuff. Yeah. Um, a couple high school students uh, had, had like week long things to, to come and follow coaching around. Um, so semi, semi to in, informal stuff. Okay. Um, I mean, you've done a ton of, how many seminars have you done? Do you know, do you know what the number is? I don't know the exact, I think it's 370, 380. So so a lot, a lot. Um, 
so obviously a lot of people that are going to be listening to this from uh, our coaches and affiliate owners. Yep. Um, you know, what for people who are looking to develop themselves, you know, just professionally, but also in that affiliate setting, like what are what would be like one of two super tangible pieces of advice that they could like listen to this and immediately go in the affiliate and be a better coach? <clears throat> wow. I, I think it's in there. I believe the thing it. I got to go with is, is what, you know, pops up in my head. Um, and it's something that I struggle with to this day. So it's, it's a constant give and take, but as soon as you think, you know, something, you know, something's wrong. As soon as you like, this is how you do it, or this is, this is why I do it. So I would say anytime that you have a system or you have a way that you do things, um, question it, poke holes in it and change. Which leads me to my second thing: like, try and be around and coach around and be coached by as many different coaches as possible. Like, I get something from my jujitsu coach. I get something from uh, the by me coaching wrestling, and then by my buddy who's an incredible wrestling coach, and listening to him and and watching him, and then by being around other instructors and other trainers and across the world, and just listening. And how do I feel when they say that? And what do I think when they say that? And, and what do they bring up and what don't they bring up? Like open your mind and continually force yourself to keep it open. And I, I think it's weirdly initially, it's harder to do the more like there's this weird for me, there was this weird kind of bell curve, how there was an equal line of the, the better I got, quote unquote ish that I thought I got in ways at coaching and training, mm -hmm. the more arrogant and ignorant I got. It was a weird thing. Like ego was um, like, I don't know. That, I don't know that that is weird. I think, I think probably everybody goes through that because you go from being incredibly <laughs> incompetent at something. And then you, totally. you start to, you start to develop that proficiency and that, that initial proficiency is like a false proficiency. You're totally. Like, good enough to get yourself in trouble, but then you get around somebody who's a specialist and, you're, and, and you realize you literally don't know anything. You're like, no, oh, you know nothing. Yeah, I have like the knowledge of a toddler at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so like that bell curve initially kind of thinking that I knew something and then actually just being honest with it and quickly going off the, the curve on the other side of realizing I knew nothing. And I have learned so much more coming from that aspect and coming from that angle than any other, any other mindset. And so I, I've, I force myself to not be the one that answers things first. I force myself or to try anyways, I force myself to, to actually really listen to what people are saying and what they're doing, regardless of their background, regardless of what they're trying to teach, like just how are they doing it and how would they do it? and then trying to poke holes in what I'm doing. I struggle with that too. I, I've, I would classically describe myself, I, and I'm significantly better at now because I'm just conscious of it, but as uh, what would be described as a waiting to talker. So somebody's saying something and all I'm doing is conjuring up what I'm going to say rather than just shutting my face and just listening. That's hard to do, man. It's incredibly difficult to do. And I, I struggle internally like sometimes where... I, all I want to do is just spit out a rebuttal. That's probably not well thought out. That's, you know, and I really struggle to sometimes just listen to what the person is saying. 
And then I might not have anything to say if I just actually listen to what they have to say. Yep. Um, it, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because obviously we, we, you know, a lot of people have been writing in and just asking questions about coaching. And I've come to this weird little realization, maybe that the, it's, I think it, I think it's like anything else where like your strength can also be your weakness or your strength actually becomes your weakness. And I'm, thinking about, and I'm thinking about the affiliate settings. And I think the community aspect, which is CrossFit's like greatest tool, it's just that community aspect of it. From a coaching standpoint, I think that's that tight knit community actually in a lot of instances actually hinders the coaches because the community is so great that they feel no need to leave the community and go find knowledge elsewhere. So people get caught in this bubble where they're just the top dog and they don't realize that that's just an incredibly small pond and there's this big ocean out there of people that, you know, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't take me very long to drive, I don't know, 30 minutes and find a whole group of people that are significantly better than I am. And I think, and I think about that a lot and I'm just like, man, how do we start to reverse that and get people to understand that like development is never over. And if, if you're done, then you're done. You know, if like if you're done developing, then you're probably done in that profession. And I, I think even a, a, a way to the litmus test for that, and I learned this the hard way by hearing someone else come up with it. If you go to a community and their, their answer is to immediately try and send you to a gym that's closer to where you live or that's more convenient, then, you, then that's the right place. If you're like, yeah, I live over such and such. Oh, there's actually there's a gym way closer to you, and they're great people. They do this. Oh, yeah, they're really good at the, the Olympic. If that's what comes out of the coach's mouth, that's where I want to go. Oh, well, it's but, funny because I do that quite a bit. But if they, you know, the flip side, right, which is where I was stuck for the longest time, was like, oh, yeah, you need to come here because this is where the real training is going. No bullshit. Like that. Nope. <laughs> 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 See you, buddy. Our programming is better than everybody else. It's the best ever. Oh, God. Here we go. It's the programming. Um, that's actually – so, and actually, I saved this question kind of for last because Chuck was, like, asking this, and, and, he's, and he's, <laughs> he might not answer it, but um, he told me to ask you about your path to wisdom. Interesting question. So, uh, I – stumbled across is the best way to say it. I stumbled across a quote, uh, which is from an, uh, a Celtic proverb. And it's see much, study much, suffer much is the path to wisdom. See much, study much, suffer much. See much, study much, suffer much. Is the path to wisdom. Huh. And the, what I love about that is it never says say stuff <laughs> that's a good point so it's like shut up and work hard and do a lot and suffer and at the end of that journey you might be wise and if you think you're wise you're not there yet keep suffering that yeah, so then you probably missed the point totally totally so it, i stumbled across it and it's a little inside thing that you know to i call it my tribe and i just just for all of us, and especially me, full disclosure, just to stay humble and to stay, stay grounded, man. Like everything that I have and that I, that I do has been a gift that I didn't deserve, period. How I got here, what I do, how I do it, 
it's because other people before me have either given me the grace of the, Hey, try it out, Todd. And, and, or didn't give me the, the freedom to like, Hey, this is actually a better way. And, and then giving me the time to kind of work with that through my follies. And it's just everything I have is a gift. That's pure and simple. And my goal is when I really like, and it's, it's, it's almost embarrassing to say that, like, it's true. It's, I didn't earn anything. When I came to grips with that, though, Jason, I was like, okay, okay, so what are you going to do about it? And what I have decided to try and do, and I fail every day, is try and give that gift away. Like, try and, like, maybe just have a little more empathy for someone, or maybe have a little more respect for someone, or maybe just shut your mouth a little bit longer, and, and maybe be okay with, like, just serving. Just serve people. Not for you, but it just serve. And and hopefully, you know what, my second to last breath, I'll be able to say, like, well, that was awesome. And and then, you know, you die. Like I, I hope that like <laughs> because I think if you say it before that, then it's bullshit. Like it's, then you're like you're you've caught up in the hype and you've caught in your own like and you're talking. So just shut up, like you're not there yet. That's See, study much, suffer much is the path to wisdom. That is really, really cool. I wrote that down. That is uh I'm going to have to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to sit on that for a while before I think I probably begin to understand that. That's awesome. And on that note, I don't know that there's a better place to end this brother. Like that was, as I like to say, deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, you're a, I know you're a, you're always into like just learning and stuff like that. One of the questions we always ask everybody is, uh, you know, like, is there a book that you recommend for anybody? It doesn't have to be about fitness, just like a book in general that you'd like regularly recommend to people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a bit of a bookworm. I really enjoy books. Um, so I probably recommend them too often to people that, uh, the, the number one on my shelf that, uh, it's just, it's beckoning to me. It's a man's search for meaning. Victor yep. Frankel. Victor Frankel. Yep. Just talk about put you back in your place and and think about how tough you think you have it, <laughs> and, and and how you act to other people, and how you act around other people because you think that you have it tough, and you're like, oh, I'm choosing to act that way. Yeah. One of the one of the big things I took away from that is 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 what people are capable of even people oh, that are yeah. even people that are good you know what yeah. people that are capable of and it kind of it made me question myself a lot totally. where, I, where i was just like am i a good person like what like what if it was what if i was in that scenario where like would i would i would i be Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And just so you guys know, it is bonus week. 
we're going to be bringing you an episode every day, Monday through Friday this week. And we've got some great, great interviews and episodes coming your way. Check out besthouroftheirday.com if you haven't already. And you can find us on social media at besthouroftheirday or email us besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.